2017 City of Sacramento Planning and Design Commission hearing. Thank you to everyone for attending today's hearing. A few housekeeping items before we get formally started. If you have a cell phone, if you could please turn it off or place it on silent or vibrate, we would greatly appreciate it. Second, if you would like to comment on one of the items on today's agenda, there are comment slips in the back. If you could please fill those out and bring them up to the Commission Secretary, we'd greatly appreciate it. And lastly, if you are commenting on an item, um, you'll be allowed three minutes to speak on that item. Um, there will be a clock up on the screen to help guide you time-wise. Please respect that time. Thank you. That's all I have for today. Uh, I believe we can start with roll. Commissioner LaFasso? Here. Bill? Here. Lucian? Aye. Kaufman? Here. Lindsay? Here. Farrell? Here. Lucky Bomb? Here. Rogers? Juan Connolly? Here. Dee? Here. Ogilvie? Here. Vice Chair Burke? Here. Chair Bodipo Memba? Here. Have a quorum. Thank you. Item number one, approval of the meeting minutes. Any comments? Commissioner Ogilvie? Um, the meeting minutes reference Kate Gillespie as a <coughs> contact. Should that be amended? That's correct. Um, if we could have the Commission Secretary uh, update that, we appreciate it. Thank you, Ms. Ogilvie. Any other comments? We have a motion to approve the minutes with the uh, edit. So moved. We have a motion from Commissioner Lufaso. Second. A second from Vice Chair Burke. Can we please do a voice vote? All in favor, please say aye. 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 All opposed, please say nay. Any abstentions? Yes. Commissioner Lucian would like to abstain. The minutes are approved. Thank you. Item number two, the director's report. Ms. Cosgrove, good evening. Couple of items for you this evening um, at our we'll have a commission meeting this next Thursday the 27th um, I just wanted to give you a preview we have a presentation that evening from our entertainment permit group um, so Tina Lee vote who's the program manager for that group will be coming out to give us a presentation on the city's entertainment permit process um, and it's, it'll be a good uh, presentation so I hope you enjoy it uh, I also wanted to let you know um, on the subject of report backs that I have heard from several of the commissioners regarding some items that they um, had uh, requested be reported back to them on several topics. So I wanted to say thank you to the commissioners who had replied um, with those items. So um, staff is currently going through to um, see what would be the best way for us to get information back to you um, regarding the topics of interest that you have. Um, so more on that in the future, but I wanted to say thank you for those of you have, who have uh, sent items to me. Um, and uh, the final item, uh, we had a recent, um, uh, Commissioner LaFaso had resigned from the uh, SAC Heritage Commission Board. So um, we will be looking for a new appointment to, to that board to replace, to replace him. Ms. Crossgrove, um, I want to first of all thank Commissioner LaFaso for his humble service uh, on the Heritage Commission Board. Um, 
again, I would also like to open up to my fellow commissioners here. If you are interested in serving, now would be an appropriate time to put your name forward. Um, but I would like to give Commissioner LaFosso the opportunity to have the floor. Well, thank you, Mr. Chair. I just, uh, uh, I was just lobbying for replacements and was going to, I did a little this evening and I did a little a couple weeks ago and I don't want to prejudice any other commissioner I haven't reached out to. So uh, um, I, am, I don't know if we're going to decide this tonight, but I'm happy to answer anybody's questions offline they want to ask me. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner LaFosso. Again, if there is interest, I know I've reached out to some individuals individually as well. I think I said that correctly. Um, uh, again, now would be an opportune time to put your name forward. Otherwise, if you'd like to reach out directly to myself or Vice Chair Burke, uh, we'd like to make sure we have that position filled so we can maintain our responsibility. That's all I have for the director's report. Thank you, Ms. Cosgrove. Any questions on any items related to the director's report? Seeing none, you can proceed to the public hearing. First, starting with item number three, P16-029, Marjorie Way, Tennis Subdivision Map. Um, that item has been continued, so if you're here for that item, uh, we apologize. It, it will um, be continued to a date that is not certain. Um, or excuse me, we are withdrawing it. I apologize. From the agenda today. Um, it will be reposted and re-noticed uh, at the appropriate time. So moving on to item number four, P17. Dash zero zero nine, Real Linda Boulevard, Ukrainian Church. Before Mr. Norman does his presentation, are there any disclosures or recusals related to this item? Seeing none, Mr. Norman, good evening. Good evening, members of the Planning and Design Commission. My name is Garrett Norman. I am the project planner for the Real Linda Boulevard, Ukrainian Church project. Before you this evening is a request for a conditional use permit to operate an assembly use located at 2531 Rio Linda Boulevard. The site has an existing building and parking lot. No exterior modifications are requested and the project complies with the city's parking requirements. Staff has not received any opposition on the project and attached to the staff report is a letter of support from the Del Paso Boulevard Partnership. A supplemental was prepared for this project which included two additional letters of support. Staff recommends approval of the conditional use permit for the assembly use, and both staff and the applicant are available to answer any questions. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Norman. Are there any questions for staff? Commissioner Juan Connolly, followed by Commissioner LaFosso. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I guess the first question for the staff. I noticed that usually when we have a church in a residential area, we restrict the hours based on their service, but I noticed that the, in this case, there's no such condition. And uh, you know, right behind the church, uh, it's a multifamily uh, dwelling unit, and I noticed a lot of uh, family with small children. So in this case, uh, is that a good idea not to? Uh, what's the rationale behind it that we don't limit, that how late the service should be and how early it should start? 
staff evaluated that and uh, we did not feel that conditions were appropriate to l restrict the hours of operation. However, the good neighbor policy does apply to this in which uh, provides an opportunity for neighbors to communicate to the church directly should they have any concerns about their hours. Uh, is this always the uh, general practice that we don't <coughs> limit the service? I thought somehow that a few months ago we approved uh, another church, uh, Del Paso Boulevard, that we give similar consideration that they end up restricted their hours. So maybe. We evaluate each assembly use on a case-by-case -case basis, and when we're getting particular feedback from neighborhoods of concerns, then part of that working with the neighborhood is kind of identifying those hours. Um, however, in this case, we didn't hear anything. We felt like the operations um, were adequate and didn't feel like they would have a huge impact. And also, the um, congregation is as rather small and limited so in that manner what we did was we didn't limit that but we didn't do the good neighbor policy as so therefore they can contact the church directly and that will be available to the public should there be an issue so what i heard is if the neighbors are not uh, reach out to say that there should be restriction usually the city do not restrict. unless we unless we feel like there might be an issue or we hear there might be an issue in this case it didn't feel like it would be an issue okay um, and then the other question is uh, one question for the applicant. Uh, if I can speak to one of the applicants from the <coughs> church. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sergey. Good evening, sir, and thank you. Um, so. I noticed that one of the uh, condition is that you relocate the front gate back uh, 20, about 24 feet. Um, that's part of the project, right? The front, uh, the front gate. Front gate, yes. Yeah, front fence. You move back, and um, I noticed that the front gate, the front fence are in pretty good shape, but the the, the two uh, fence on the side are just a chain and link and they are not in the, the best shape. Some are quite out of plumb, and I don't saw know. saw that also. You saw that also. So is there any plan that you would uh, uh, replace the, the back two fence, the side, on the side? We will do it, not, not tomorrow, not the day after, but Ukrainian people, they want everything to look nice, in shape, in condition, so there's no extra question about that. So you, that's the plan. You, you do plan to replace the fence? Yes. Okay. Um, do you? Do you need permit for that, by the way? I, I do, uh, You can check no, with it's the staff. Six feet. But that's your intent to do so. And do you do you object if we make it clear on the condition that you uh, do that um, replace the fence to make it consistent with the front fence, so it will look really? Yes. Yes. It would look the same. Yeah. But so it's, you do not. Now it is ugly looking. You're right. But that's what we got. That's how we bought it. Sir, do you object that if we add this as a condition, just um, to the fence will be consistent? Um, the side fence will be consistent with uh, the front fence? Yes. Maybe, I, so, I don't understand. Sir, I, I think she's trying to clarify. If there was a condition of approval added for the, for the improvement, would you be amenable to that? Would you accept that? Before we will get permit? 
if to to replace the fence. Commissioner Wong Conley, am I interpreting your, your question correctly? Yes, I would like so that to. So if, as a part of the approval process, if that was a condition <laughs> added to it, would you be able to, to meet that condition? We will be, but we just would need more time, just a little bit time frame. But of course, we will. Thank you. Commissioner Wong Conley, you can continue. Um, I think that's my question, and uh, fi quite frankly, I'm hoping that uh, I, I think this will, um, th the building looks fairly nice compared to all the other buildings uh, along the street, and I hope it will serve as a pillar to help to revive the, uh, the entire Rio Linda Boulevard. So, yeah, that's my question. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Commissioner LaFaso. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you for being here, Sergey. Actually, my question is for staff. Just, um, the staff report talks about the parking requirement. It basically says it's pegged on the 130 or is it 135 uh, occupancy limit. And it says if uh, the occupancy limit goes up, this parking ratio might go up. What's the process that, um, that instigates that? Is a, uh, the applicant going to have to apply for a whole new conditional use permit? And if they start seeing 136 people on a Sunday service, is that when they have to start doing it? Or when they think there might be the 136 person. Tell me how the process plays out if the congregation gets larger. That's correct. I had conversations with the applicant about this, and the mechanism that we have in place is um, when the church thinks that they're going to exceed the 135 cap, they come to the city beforehand and apply for uh, likely an administrative parking permit and then staff will evaluate that at a staff level to determine um, other factors if uh, they can accommodate more persons or a higher occupancy. So it's not a whole new full-blown conditional use permit? No. Got it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Commissioner LaFaso. Commissioner Yee. Thank you. Uh, a, a rather simple question for staff. Uh, it's been noted in the staff report that no exterior changes are anticipated for the building or the site. What is the signage situation? Uh, is that a separate permit or separate approval? What about change in signage or addition of signage? Correct. Any, any new signage or refacing of signage that the applicant would like, he would have to submit for a sign permit, um, which gets processed through the building department and is uh, checked through the sign code. So it would be appropriate that if there is a change in signage, that is part of the building permit? It could be? It could be, or it could be a separate permit if he desires. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Farrell. Yes, I have a question for uh, Sergey. Um, is there any plans for uh, soup kitchens or feedings or uh, public feedings, not, not just congregation? <clears throat> the plans are just to warm up the food, let's say, if we got... Uh, Coffee time after service. Uh, oh yeah, just uh, just warming up, not not preparing food. Uh, at least having our small mission, twelve families. We we're not planning to do it right now, and for later, like Mr. Norman noticed, we will grow up. We will apply for another permits for another. So okay, thank service you. If so we then need a, to. a question for staff is: Does it require um, an additional um, hearing for if? They went into full-scale food, uh, soup kitchen. Is that require? We, we would have to evaluate, like, how many people would be serving. It really depends on kind of the, the hours and the number of days. And so it re really would be, uh, kind of depend on 
um, kind of the extents of that service. So that's something that we, he would um, contact us if there's some kind of change in that or some kind of offering in that. Yeah, yeah I realize from your size now it would be a tremendous, but uh, well, uh, good luck on your, uh, welcome to NORSAC. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Farrell. Commissioner Lindsay. I just have a quick question for Sergey. Um, the staff report notes that when the Ukrainian church is going to meet for assemblage, and I wanted to ask, are you going to have staff on site on, on the hours you're not meeting? Are you going to have anybody um, there on your off hours that from it, I'm sorry. You're going to have an assemblage on Saturday and Sunday, but during the week, are, are you going to have staff on site? Yeah, I, or? <clears throat> I represented that schedule, so our service is usually Saturday evenings mm -hmm. for two hours and Sunday mornings for two hours. And on the weekdays, there is 12 major religion holidays. I got all that uh, schedule to Mr. Norman. Uh, it's just I cannot tell you right now right. what it is, but it's 12 major holidays we would need to celebrate. Same hours, mm -hmm. let's say uh, two hours uh, in the evening, day before holiday, and two hours in the morning, 10 to 12 at the holiday day. And then when, you're, when it's not a service, will you have any staff or any members coming in and out of the site during the week for... And it's not service? No. No. Okay. No, it's just going to be okay. routine, so okay. to speak. I, I was just, just curious. Stop by just, to in, see. just in terms of maybe security or uh, just no. having a presence not at there this during point. the week. Okay. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Thank you, sir. We have uh, no additional questions from the commission. You, you can have a seat. Thank you, commissioners. Now we have the opportunity for public comment. I, I currently have no comment slips related to this item. I have the opportunity if anyone in the audience would like to step forward. Seeing none, we can proceed to commissioner comments and or motions on this item. Commissioner Juan Connolly, followed by Commissioner LaFosso. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. I would like to move to adopt the staff recommendation with the condition of uh, the, uh, the side fence being replaced to match the front fence. And uh, again, I echo what uh, uh, Commissioner um, Farrell said, that I, I hope that you find a great home in North Sacramento. Thank you. We have a motion to move staff recommendation with the replacement of the side fence. Uh, Commissioner LaFosso. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. I'm not seconding the motion because um, actually I, I don't think we should adopt this uh, the sector condition on the time limit. Um, the, uh, the scale issues that Ms. Hange mentioned I think resonate, but I, I think we're, we're stepping too quickly into a precedent because the matter that we talked about earlier that I think the prior matter you referenced Commissioner Juan Connolly um, kind of had a lot of controversy in the community and I very very distinctly recall uh, the local business association being concerned about displacement of businesses and street activation and some things and that was a lot of what was behind that and we don't have any of those activities here. In fact, I noticed that the same PBID executive director pretty enthusiastically supports this one. Um, so for those reasons, I would hope we don't adopt that condition. Um, just apropos to that issue, um, I 
really appreciated your comment, Commissioner Lindsay, about, you know, what other activity it is. And I, I really wanted to actually say to you, Sergey, that more activity around your church could benefit the area here because the more people coming and going, you know, brings good people to the area. Um, we call it street activation up here, but I think you get the concept. So anyway, uh, uh, we sort of have a motion, and technically a substitute motion is not in order, but uh, if the motion is seconded, I will make a substitute motion. If the motion uh, is not seconded, I will make a motion for the staff recommendation. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner LaFosso, and I, I apologize for making an assumption when pressing the button. We currently have a motion. Uh, do we have a second? We have a second from Commissioner Kaufman and Commissioner LaFosso. Would you like to speak? As promised, I, uh, I'm, I, well, unless the mover will be persuaded to drop the condition, I'm going to make a substitute motion for a clean, um, for a clean staff recommendation. So, Commissioner Wong Connolly, the question is being asked whether you would like to remove the amendment to your motion uh, to just move staff recommendation as is. Uh, I prefer to stay with my original motion to um, with the fence being replaced. Um, to it's not for us. Not for security reason. Right now, the chain link fence is kind of falling off, and when they remove the front gate, I think it will be best, and the, the building will look a lot uh, nicer, and it will serve uh, better for the neighborhood. That's the reason behind it. Thank you very much. So we have a substitute motion from Commissioner Lafaso uh, to move staff recommendation. I just want to confirm if that is indeed the case. You know what? I'm. This is really embarrassing. Um, I, I, I thought Commissioner Wong Connolly's motion was the. Restricted hours? It's restricted hours. No. Okay. I, I withdraw. I apologize for using people's time up. Thank you. Problem. Additional commissioner comments? So we have a motion to move staff recommendation and to replace the side fence. Seeing no additional comments, I believe we are in a position to vote. Commissioner Kaufman? Aye. Lindsay? Aye. Carol? Aye. Buckybaum? Aye. Juan Connolly? Aye. E? Aye. Ogilvy? Aye. Lucian? Aye. Oville? Aye. Basso? Aye. Vice Chair Burke? Aye. Chair Bodipo member? Aye. Motion passes. Congratulations. Moving on. Moving on to item number, thank you. Moving on to item number five, P17-010, the Wyndham Garden Hotel. Um, before we have Ms. Lim do her presentation, are there any disclosures or recusals? Commissioner Lindsay. Uh, I did speak to planning staff about this item. Thank you very much. Any other disclosures or recusals? None. Ms. Lim, good evening. Good evening, members of the Planning Commission. My name is Miriam Lim, and I'm the assigned planner for project P17010. 
also known as the Wyndham Garden Hotel Project. The site is located southeast of the intersection of Truxell Road and Teresina Drive in North Natomas and within 200 feet of a future light rail station. The applicant is requesting the approval of entitlements to allow the development of a four-story hotel on approximately 2.74 acres within the Natomas Crossing Area 1 plan unit development. The previous proposal for this site was approved and designated for office use. The proposal requires entitlements for a schematic plan amendment to redesignate from offices to hotel use and site plan and design review for the development of the hotel in the employment center zone. The project site is surrounded by Terracina Drive to the north, apartments to the south, a detention basin to the southeast, east drainage canal to the east, and Truxell Rose to the west. The project consists of a four-story, 117-room hotel with a bar dining area, two meeting rooms, a fitness center, an outdoor seating area, and an outdoor pool. The narrow portion of the site along Terracina Drive will be landscaped with native and drought-tolerant plants and will be integrated with the existing landscape and pedestrian walkway. There are proposed pedestrian and bicycle connections throughout the project site. Staff has reviewed the proposal and found the development to be consistent with the general plan, the Natomas Crossing PUD guidelines, and the Planning and Development Code. Staff is supportive of the proposed amendment to the schematic plan as the hotel fulfills the need for supportive commercial use in the area, which will provide businesses and recreational travelers with an opportunity to stay within the North Natomas community while using the light rail to travel downtown. Staff has not received any comments from the community on this project and recommends the Planning and Design Commission approve the project subject to the findings of facts and conditions of approval. This concludes my presentation, and I would like to turn over the podium to the applicant, Phil Harvey, who will give more details about the project. Thank you. Chair, commissioners, um, senior planner, it's nice to be before you tonight. Um, first of all, I want to thank staff for their hard work on the, the project and also thank the council member's office we met with, Councilmember Ashby, a couple times and she was really helpful in, in um, getting the project move forward. So I want to thank her. And I also want to um, address the, my client, who's the owner, um, uh, AJ and Ritu Minji, are in, back in the room with their son. So they're actually North Natomas residents, and they live in uh, Westlake. So they're building this fairly close to where their homes are. So Wyndham Garden Hotel is um, a little bit different than what you've been seeing out in North Natomas thus far with the hotels that are going. Wyndham is pr predominantly a business hotel, and they really, really like the site a lot, um, hugely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they really like the site a lot. Um, their, their clientele predominantly, like I said, is business travelers, and they like the location of the hotel between the downtown and the airport because they also do a lot of work with airlines and crew. They, they do a lot of crew um, hoteling. So when a crew comes here and spends the night, they, they van them to the hotel. So, and not being on the freeway is a big deal for them. They don't want to be a freeway location, so they're not trying to grab people from off the freeway or, or they're not really a family travel type hotel, although they, they will accept family travelers as well. So it's about the reservation system and about being able to um, take advantage of the business that's developing in downtown Sacramento as well as the airport itself. Um, I think staff did a great job in the report and I really don't have much to add other than we're really happy to be here. Uh, the project is gonna bring some other benefits. We're extending the bike trail, which is in the master plan, um, to the north up to Terracina on the east side of our property. 
um, as well as to the west over to the Truxell Terracine Interchange. Uh, we've also worked with Walk Sacramento and Saba in making sure that we have connections and the council member really wanted a connection from the front of the hotel over to the walking path around the detention basin, which is really a major spot for people in the Natomas area to go walk and, and jog around that path as well. So we see that as a great amenity for the hotel itself, as well as the detention basin is actually something that we're hoping that the hotel will, will be able to focus on as, as an amenity and an aesthetic. Um, it's, always, it's always wet over there, so it's a pretty good thing. So other than that, um, I am open to answer any questions you might have. And we really appreciate support for the hotel. It's, uh, I think it will be a great addition to the Thomas community. This is a, it, it's an odd little piece of property that's kind of the last piece left in that PUD phase. And uh, it will really complete that. And they're also looking forward to the future innovation center across the, the street in the old um, arena site. So with that, any questions? Thank you, Mr. Harvey. Uh, if there are any questions for staff or the applicant, Commissioner Wong Conley, followed by Commissioner LaFosso. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, so you dedicate the, uh, the new bike lane after development to the city, right? Uh, the, the new bike lanes yes. based on you? Okay. Uh, and, and actually, we'll we will be dedicating um, that on the north side of our property to the city. To, there'll be a dedication of an easement for that bike lane. Okay. So, yeah. um, so first, uh, bike lane. Uh, then do you have a fence? Uh, between the bike lane and your uh, property? No. We have to put a get, we have to put a wall on the south side of the property, adjacent between us and the, the multifamily, because we're considered a commercial use. Right. So we'll be building a concrete block wall on on that side, or some kind of solid wall like that. Okay. But we, oh, is it? Yeah, but we don't have a fence on on the other side. No, it's not. Okay. Fence. So just one solid block, concrete block wall. Well, it could be concrete block or a proto wall or something like that. That's consistent with the PUD guidelines in the Thomas, but it, it has to be a solid wall, yes. Okay, and, and then uh, not on the other side. And, and then, um, you know, I don't, this is a, like a handle area, which uh, you yes. have a tractor. So the the strip of property yeah. that goes out towards the east, so. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Who owns that property? Um, uh, the Menchies the do. Okay, and then this property will be dedicated to the city or it's still, it's theirs? We tried, but the city doesn't want it. So, so okay. we're we're going to be landscaping it and maintaining it as it is. We're also uh, providing an easement on the far end. Um, in the in the Thomas community plan, there's actually the Terracina Bridge that's supposed to go over the canal. Um, we've been told that probably will never happen, but um, there is a, a water tank and a pump station there that has an easement, or that they don't have an easement, but the road that goes over that at the far east side. So we're dedicating an easement to the city for that, the use of that road as well. Um, but yeah, that, that property is, is part of the project and it will be landscaped um, consistent with the, the, the plans that are in the packet. Okay, because it seemed like along the lake it's really nice, but that piece of property with the two feet of weed and very dry, it's even fire was never. It was never landscaped. It was, this property was, um, like staff had mentioned, it actually at one time had an office use on it that was never built. Um, I think Bruce can talk about that one, but uh, the office development was done by a local architectural firm, Monaghan and Associates. But, um, yeah, so that, that property will remain part of the hotel property and it will be landscaped and maintained by the hotel property. 
I see. And that will be based on the landscape plan that you um, included in your package. Uh, and um, so the owner understand that uh, uh, he will be the one to maintain it to yes. keep it. It's not uh, the city's responsibility. He yes. will have to. Absolutely. We've been through that several times, yes. So. Okay. We actually thought it was a good idea to dedicate it to the city. He offered to landscape it and dedicate it to the city for a Department of Utilities because they actually own the detention basin. You know, not, it's not just the city that owns, it's not the big city that owns everything. The DOU owns the detention basin and they weren't interested in it because they don't want to have the responsibility to maintain the landscaping. Um, but. Phil, I don't know if you entertained the motion to uh, add it um, in the condition so it's clear that they, the hotel will maintain this landscape because this is like in the piece of no man's land that I'm confused about who owned it. And uh, right now it's in very bad shape. So for the- uh, I don't know if a, if a condition is actually necessary. I think that it's implied in the project that we would maintain that as we maintain any landscaping around there and that we're required to do that in the PUD guidelines and the, the CCNRs on the project itself. So, um, But sometimes if it's in the condition, it's, uh, it's more clear, it's not ambiguous instead of reference to the city code, which, um, do you agree? No, I don't. I think, I think that honestly um, that as business owners and everything, we understand our responsibilities and what we need to do to maintain things. And it's further codified through plan, the PUD guidelines and the CCNRs in the project. So I, I've never been one who likes motion, uh, conditions that are, that are just piled on for really have no. I, and then how do you actually police the condition, I guess would be the question. And what, what, what is the remedy if the condition, if it's not taken, are you gonna uh, remove their their permit. That's, that's a, I, I'm sorry, but that, that is an honest question. I think that that it's just not necessary. That's my question. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Wong Connolly. Commissioner LaFosso, followed by Commissioner Lindsay. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I th I, th I think Commissioner Wong Connolly got most of the bike path questions. I just wanted to be clear the. the the, the, the little part of the parcel that Commissioner Wong Connolly described as the panhandle. Mm -hmm. Uh, the bike path extends all the way along that area to the to the path that runs along the what is it the drainage canal? The, I'm sorry, the bike path, Commissioner, or the there's so, a there's a there's a pathway that exists now within the property of the detention basin, and we're not changing that at all. Oh, I I interpreted it as a bike path, and I thought we even got a revised condition that you were dedicating yeah. something. So th this is the actual bike path that we're building here. But it connects up, and it goes onto Terracina, and then it goes across the street, and then it goes on north on the, the side of the detention basin. And we're also building the bike path, so it comes up here and it goes that way, and it connects down to the corner. And that's all part of the city's bikeway master plan project uh, requirement. Appreciate that. Okay. This is actually the path that goes around the detention basin here. They almost touch right at that location. So we're actually building the bike path on the, the detention basin property on that side. And then over here, we'll be dedicating that easement to the city for the bike path. Appreciate it. That, that's very responsive. Um, but as I understand the general area east of the detention basin, there's some kind of drainage canal that runs all the way up through Natomas. Yes. I had thought at n numerous places in Natomas there's 
I thought you said maybe a walking path, but I thought it was a bike path. And in some parts of the city, it's on both sides of the canal. You're not, you're not extending it all the way to that? No. Actually, this pathway goes all the way over to the canal now. Um, and, and the bike path actually comes up here, and then it goes over to the canal north of Terracina and goes up on the west side of the canal. Okay. So, yeah. Appreciate that clarification. This is kind of a missing link in the pathway because it actually ends, the bike path ends right here now at the, the apartment complex. Appreciate that. Sure. And I admit I didn't go out to the site. I did a lot of Google satellite map uh, looking. And you can see lots of things that look like paths, but they're not yeah. marked as such. So. I think a lot of people have assumed pathways back and forth here because there's no defined path outside of the pathway around the detention basin, which it, it, in some areas down here it's actually a little bit lower. So. Okay. Two questions for staff. Um, page 10 of the staff report um, says that there are no requirements for setbacks, but city staff is required by the PUD guidelines to review setback and orientation issues on a case-by-case -case basis. And I wouldn't ask this question if I hadn't had so many recent conversations with members of the general public about the virtue of setbacks. Incidentally, I don't always agree. But that said, then the next sentence is staff sees no issues. Can, can you give me a little flavor as to what staff was looking at in terms of its, quote, case-by-case -case examination of setback issues? A lot of it also is when we're looking at the, the Natomas Crossing PUD guidelines, even though they don't establish setbacks, they'll say things like you must have be facing the street. We want to make sure that there's a nice distance between whatever uses there are, like such as the um, residential in the back, where it's a comfortable space, but at the same time it's not set so far back that it's kind of disengaged from the street. It's close enough and there's not enough activity around the entire perimeter that the setbacks allow that. So we really look at a design, of course, has a lot to do with it, as well as just placement of the building. So those are the, the things we look at. Um, the, this particular zone is, I think, the only zone that doesn't establish setbacks, and so we rely a lot on design guidelines as well as, and, and they mention that a lot in more detail in the PUDs than they do in design guidelines in the rest of the city. So that's how we approach it. Okay, appreciate that. I, I might mention on this too, Commissioner LaFazzo, that the site has a considerable amount of public utility easements around it. So we have a major smud line running on this site. So that really made us push the building back a little bit, which is not a bad thing necessarily out there. So, but um, we do have the pool area in the corner that kind of encroaches. You can do that with the patio, but we can't put a building under it. So just kind of by the de facto, we have setbacks on here that are because of the easements that we have to deal with up there. Appreciate that. I don't, I don't have big issues. And, yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an urbanist. I like, I like street activation, but this isn't, this isn't Central City, so no, I wouldn't apply that standard. It's not, and, and it actually gave us room for the bike path on the north side, which was helpful. Hey, cool and groovy. Uh, one more minor question, and it's kind of just a clarifying question. So there's this discussion, the staff report about the height limit and a two-story bonus being near, um, I think it's a light rail station. Uh, yeah, light rail, oh, future light rail station. So the discussion toggles back and forth between feet and stories. There's a, quote, two-story bonus for being near. So is the 200, excuse me, is the two-story bonus for being 1,000 feet from a future light rail station enough to accommodate, because the next question, excuse me, the next paragraph goes into all this design discussion, 
leaves me with the impression that it's the design discussion that gets the uh, that gets it over this limit. But it's hard to follow because the discussion toggles between feet and stories. And I don't know if story means literally a story or if story is a proxy for a certain amount of feet. Again, the EC zone is a little different when it addresses height. It addresses it by stories as opposed to feet. And so in that case, where use the phrase stories, um, and so the PUD guidelines actually adds another, some height above that, that near the proximity of the light rail station. But a lot of that kind of confusion of the language has to do with just the EC zone referring to height and stories as opposed to feet. Got it. Quick final question, then I'll yield. I get it. I hear a lot of discussions about revising PUD guidelines to conform with refinements and streamlining of our zoning code over the last five or six years. Is this one on the list? <laughs> or is this one rooted in so many local needs that it's here to stay? And again, I'm not advocating, I'm just asking. Right. I mean, this response is not related to this project, but. And I don't want to freak out, you know, on, Natomas people by asking the question. It's on a list. How far up on the list? Not very at this point. There's just a lot going on. Understood. Yeah, Thank but you. we're aware of it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner LaFosso. Uh, Commissioner Lindsay. Um, Mr. Harvey, I'd like to ask you just a couple of questions about parking. Sure. Um, you are providing more than what is required, yep. 79 spaces. And then you mentioned this is predominantly a business hotel. Correct. And you'll have meeting rooms and facilities for business meetings and a restaurant and a bar. Right. Um, so um, my question is, is, do you anticipate that 79 spaces is adequate um, to we, serve the hotel? Yeah, we believe it does. And, and the hotel itself, we actually at, at one point we had the um, – Western Regional Development Manager for Wyndham come and meet mm -hmm. with the council member as well as the head of operations for the hotel. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of discussion with them about parking and the requirements. And because they, they do a lot of business, a lot of their travelers aren't necessarily driving to the hotel. They, they fly in or they, they do Uber or something like or that. Or rent a car. Or, or, they rent a car. Me, Lyft, not Uber anymore. But uh, yeah, they rent a car, stuff like that. So they felt perfectly comfortable. And most of the use is inside the hotel. The, the dining facility and the, the the bar area and the assembly, or the, it's not assembly, but the conference center are basically for the hotel guest use as well. But they will have some people come from the outside and and the the public is welcome to come use the restaurant as well so as another another spot for brunch in, in North Natomas. But uh, yeah, so they, so you feel everybody it's, feels it's comfortable adequate. with it. And, and it was a big discussion. We, okay. Because, you know, we're not allowed to have public parking on either Truxla or Terracina, which um, the council member had an, a certain, she, she said, why not? But it's, it's in the city code. So, okay. um, but anyway, so yeah, they, they felt fairly comfortable with the parking ratio that we currently have. And as you mentioned, for 117 rooms, the city code is 30. So, um, yes. yeah. So I, I, I really like the design. Well, I, I noticed that it's a, um, the new prototype for Wyndham Garden Hotels. Um, more of a modern design, and it would be nice to see out in the, in the North Natomas area. I might mention that this is, they're just rolling this out now. We're going to be oh. one of the first that gets built. I think they've built one, are building one in the San Francisco area right now. Mm -hmm. Their prototype's actually seven stories tall. So oh, right. <laughs> we were able to work with them to kind of push it to down. To lower it a little bit. Yeah, make it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But we think the four stories is a really nice component. It's a, 
it's an interesting site because it's a really kind of key corner along Truxell that has just been sitting empty for a long oh, time. So I think yeah. it'll be a great addition to the neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Mr. Wong Connolly. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Just a quick follow-up question, mm -hmm. uh, follow-up, uh, Commissioner Lindsay and then uh, LaFaso's question. So about the story height, I know that uh, you get two bonus ha stories. So <laughs> total, uh, in theory, uh, your maximum story is five story. That's a uh, comply with the city code. And a wood frame, you can go five stories. So uh, it, you can go five stories, but it changes the construction type quite a bit, and it makes it much more expensive. So four-story four wood frame construction is type 5A, um, which is a one-hour building, basically. If you go up to, to five stories, you're a two-hour building. So it, it really increases the construction cost considerably. When the, a a five-story building would have to be two-hour rated. Um, so everything gets, you, you know, more sheetrock, more, um, you have to do area separations and things like that. So, And we also felt that in, in the Thomas area, uh, most things are two stories at the most, and there's some three-story apartments, but um, this will be a little bit taller than a three-story apartment if it was three stories. So four stories is probably kind of pushing the envelope a little bit, but we still want to be respectful of the neighborhood and make it, it's modern, but fit in a little bit. We think we're bringing a, a new excitement to the area too. Okay. So. Um, I'm not suggesting, I'm just uh, wanting yeah. to hear the rationale behind it. Thank you for the explanation. Thanks, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Wong Connolly. So I just want to follow up on uh, Commissioner Lindsay's question. Uh, it, this is the first prototype mm -hmm. uh, for the Wyndham Garden Hotel, period, correct? Well, in, in, in Sacramento, yes. Sacramento. But they're, they're doing them, um, they've been building them across the country for the last year, yes. Okay. And then are there other Wyndham hotels in the Sacramento region? I don't think Wyndham, San Francisco is the closest one. So Wyndham, Wyndham's very interested in coming into the Sacramento region. That, they made that very clear to the councilwoman when we met with her. She was very interested in that too. And, uh, you know, she wanted to make sure that they had a commitment to the community and that it would be a great addition. And I think she came away from that meeting very satisfied. But you're right. This is, this is going to be the first foray into the area for them. Right. And then maybe if you could follow up. Um, with the parking, um, so there's an increased parking over what's required. Yes. Could you give a little more explanation as to the need for the additional parking spaces? I think we, we want to be realistic. I think from the hotel operational perspective, we're pushing the envelope a little bit with the amount of parking we have. They, they would like a little bit more, but um, if 30 parking spaces for a hotel out here is probably just a little severe. So they felt comfortable with the 79. Um, if we went much lower than that, I think they would have a little bit of an issue with it. So it, it was a balancing act for us of how much we could fit on the site, for one thing, because the site is somewhat challenging from just a shape perspective. And then um, what, was, what they felt from their operational experience was, in, in like situations, was acceptable to the, their, their users, their customers coming there. So, so, so in terms of the proximity light rail, which we know is, is still a little ways in the future. They um, think those are huge pluses, especially if it gets to the airport. That's going to be a big deal for them because they they have customers then that will be able to ride light rail to the hotel site and then into downtown. Well, and again, it's, it's very presumptuous to ask the question now, but if if the light rail comes in in a reasonable time, would there be potential for considerations of alternate uses of some of those parking spaces? I, we haven't really thought about that, but um, I. I 
I, give, knowing them and having worked with them through the process, I think they feel that this is about the minimum that they would ever need. Um, and even if light rail, they do know that the bus line's in front of the hotel as well. So they are aware of the transit connections that currently exist as well as when the light rail happens. So I think, I think we're, we're kind of at the cusp of where they were get, getting maybe a little uncomfortable, but not too terribly uncomfortable from an operational perspective. And on the flip side, and Commissioner, I would like to give you the opportunity to, to ask your question. We just want to finish this line. Uh, the bicycle racks versus yep. the storage mm -hmm. areas. So I think there is a requirement for 16 yes. bicycle racks. We're having 10 bicycle storage yeah, areas. We, there are, is there one bicycle per storage area or? There's two. Two. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And they're, they're put in the front because they wanted the the bike advocates wanted it close to the entry, and they also wanted it close to the bike path, so. Thank you. Commissioner Yee. Thank you. A couple of simple questions. Uh, your south wall, how far is that from the residents, the buildings, further to the south? It will be on our side of the, of the property line. Yes, I understood, yeah. but how far is it to the building? I don't, I don't know what the setback is from the building. Um, it doesn't appear that there is drive between the two. I'm sorry. Mr. Wong Conley, could you uh, turn I, on your I microphone? I think that dimension is from the building to the property line and not necessarily the property line to, to the, the buildings further to the south. Yeah, we don't have the buildings identified on that side. Okay. Yeah, you mean the, new, the existing residential? That's correct, building. on the south side of your property. It's we don't have that's Okay, uh, are they three stories? I thought there were three. Yeah, there are three stories. Okay, right that's fine. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Commissioner Yee, I apologize. Thank you for your comments. Do we have any other comments from fellow commissioners regarding this item? Seeing none, thank you very much. Now will be the time for public comments, and I do not have any comment slips. Are there any members of the public that would like to speak on this item? Seeing none, that would be the opportunity for commissioners to provide motions and or comments on this item. Commissioner Yee. Uh, I would like to move staff recommendations. All right, do we have a second? I would like to second. So we have a motion from Commissioner Yee and a second from Commissioner Lindsay. Additional comments? Uh, I'll just add one comment, and again, I, I intend to support the motion. Um, I, I would like at, at some point in time to, to be able to talk to staff a little bit. Uh, about the the infill exemption conversation, I think that this is a, is a good project. But as we're seeing a lot more infill in areas that historically we haven't identified as infill, or at least generally spoken about, would love to to be able to get that clarified a little more as we move forward. But I, I agree that this is a, a good project for Natomas, and excited to see Wyndham invested and interested in our our, our area. So I plan to. We have a very big infill site across the street. <laughs> I think we're in a position to vote. Commissioner LaFasso. 
Aye. Coville? Aye. Lucian? Aye. Hoffman? Aye. Lindsay? Aye. Farrell? Aye. Buckybaum? Aye. Juan Connolly? Aye. Yee? Aye. Ogilvie? Aye. Vice Chair Burke? Aye. Chair Bodipo Memba? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you, Commissioners, and I appreciate your service. I know what it's like, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much, and congratulations. <clears throat> All right, let's move to item number six, nomination and appointment of chair and vice chair of the Planning and Design Commission. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we will have the opportunity to move forward with a new chair and vice chair. I just first want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to sit in this chair as your chair. And um, it's the second time today. Um, and again, this is a, an extremely talented team and look forward to continue to serve you as a fellow commissioner moving forward. So as a matter of process procedure, we're going to do things slightly differently. Um, historically, we have looked at a slate, um, but we are actually going to bring forward each position individually. Um, so first steps, and I'll walk you through the steps of the process, would like to have a, uh, a list of folks who are interested either by a nomination or of, themsel of themselves or by another fellow commissioner. Um, once we identify the individuals who are interested in said position, um, if there are multiple individuals, we'll offer an opportunity for a two-minute statement of interest, followed by commissioner questions, public comment, and then motions uh, and vote. We'll do that first for the chair position and then for the vice chair position. Any questions regarding the procedure or process? All right, seeing none, let's first, uh, for the chair position, uh, in, individuals of interest, and I would like to break protocol and not look at the screen and put forward uh, Vice Chair Burke as uh, a nominee for uh, chair. Are there any indivi other individuals who are interested in nominating either themselves or another individual? Commissioner LaFosso. I second your nomination. Thank you. Any other names of interest for the chair position? The pressure is off, Commissioner Burke. No two-minute statement, but we do want to offer uh, opportunity for Commissioner questions or comments of Vice Chair Burke. Seeing none, any public comment? Seeing none as well. We have a motion from myself, a second from Commissioner LaFasso. I believe we are in a position to vote for the next chair. Commissioner LaFasso? Aye. Coville? Aye. Lucian? Aye. Hoffman? Aye. Lindsay? Aye. Farrell? Aye. Buckybaum? Aye. Juan Connolly? Aye. Yee? Ogilvy? Aye. Vice Chair Burke? Aye. <laughs> uh, Chair, Chair Bodipo Memba? Aye. Motion passes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations.
Commissioner Fawcett, did you have a comment? Question. Please. Thank you. I realized that was a question I should have asked when you laid out the process. In the event that there is more than one nomination in a subsequent office, are we going to vote in a sense of casting a name for a candidate, or is it going to be a race to make a motion as to whether somebody moves candidate A or candidate B? I recommend the former. In discussing, great question, in discussing the process uh, with staff, uh, there would need to be a motion in a second and a vote. If there was a substitute motion, there would be a maximum of three substitute motions and it's a said vote. Okay, thank you. That being said, we are now looking at nominations either by themselves or by another individual uh, for the vice chair position, Commissioner Lindsay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, at this time, I'd like to nominate Commissioner Juan Conley for the position of vice chair. Thank you. I give a little statement for my no or no. Not, at this moment, not, it's okay. not necessary. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Coville. Well, I was going to, I guess it would be a substitute motion would be for. But at this point, we're just wait. trying to names of interest. So is there an individual that is of interest at this point? Commissioner Lucian and Commissioner Wong Connolly, are there any other names of interest for the vice chair position? Seeing none, now would be the opportunity for, first of all, Commissioner Wong Connolly and Commissioner Lucian, I'm making a broad assumption that you're both interested in your nominations. That would be correct, Mr. Chair. So, now would be the opportunity for both of you to provide a statement of interest, followed by questions or comments by your fellow commissioners. Uh, given the first nomination, Commissioner Wong Connolly, your statement of interest, please. Uh, you'll have two minutes on the clock. It's a great honor to be nominated by Commissioner Lancy, whom I have tremendous respect. I understand fully the leadership role require extra hard work, coming to meeting early to meet with staff and be more prepared, more familiar with the material so the meeting can be more focused and efficient. I hope by now I have demonstrated to all of you my commitment to this commission, my willingness to work hard and making hard decisions alongside with you when we are called. For the past 10 years of the Planning and Design Commission and the Planning Commission, there have been only two women chair. That's two women in one decade. In a city with a women population of 50.4%. I feel obligation to step up at this point. By doing so, I'm hoping more women will be encouraged to seek the opportunity to serve. I think that will be really good for this commission really good for our city. I brought my own little cheerleader, and <laughs> I'm hoping one day my daughter will grow up and wants to do the same. So I sincerely ask for your support. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Wong Connolly. 
Mr. Lucian. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair, um, and uh, my distinguished colleagues that I've had the opportunity to serve with for a couple of years. Um, certainly seeking the, the vice chairmanship, I've come to understand uh, and, and appreciate the role of both the chair and the vice chairmanship um, in supporting the role of the chair and the execution of the chair's duties, um, being ready at all times to uh, step into the role as chair. Um, I also think that the role would provide an opportunity um, additionally to be a thought partner with the chair um, in toward the sort of efficient and smooth conduction of the meetings. There have um, you know, been times naturally uh, that would occur under any chairmanship where uh, we want to make sure we get the right people in the room, the right staff in the right room, um, anticipate um, various types of you know hiccups or challenges and and so I look forward to the opportunity um, to do that as well as to work collaboratively um, with the staff on how we order the agenda um, and um, certainly to make myself uh, available uh, to you know move the business along. I think we all bring um, unique strengths I, I think everybody brings a, a perspective mine is one of a public policy professional and I'm sure you all have noticed that uh, certainly when we have our share of ordinances um, that come before us um, you know that's sometimes when I come alive so to speak uh, that's 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 um, you know can be my strength at times um, but I think we all you know bring that one thing that um, I can assure you that I will bring is uh, a commitment to have a very deliberative process where um, we ensure we get the right answers to make good decisions. Mr. Lucian, thank you very much. Uh, members of the commission, now would be time to ask any questions of the two nominees that you may have. Commissioner LaFosso, followed by Commissioner Yee. And please direct the question to the individual. I will. Thank you very much, Chair. Actually, my question is for both candidates, and it's intended to be applied equally. Just a quick prep first statement. I've, uh, I've given this matter quite a bit of thought and had a number of conversations all under the threshold of the Brown Act. Um, it's given me thought about a little bit about the composition of our commission. We seem to have a bevy of senior members and junior members, and it's given me a lot of thought about what perhaps senior members should be doing, should have been doing, and of course I include myself, uh, to help more junior commissioners prepare to take on leadership roles because clearly we're in the midst of a big generational change here at the Planning and Design Commission but at the city in general. So my question to both candidates is I really think some formal training in meeting facilitation with parliamentary procedures is, you know, the device but focused on the soft skills about uh, making meetings work well uh, interactions with the public, use of time, uh, support of the body as a whole is called for. So I'm asking each candidate if they would be willing, if we all could find a suitable training session, uh, if they would commit to that kind of training. Commissioner Long Connolly, followed by Commissioner Lucian, in response. I agree with uh, Commissioner LaFasso of the chair, vice chair or chair position in my mind is not to push my own 
ideas on the project is more to create a structure, to facilitate, to create this structure so my fellow, um, fellow commissioners can contribute good ideas and, and more importantly, the member of the general public can speak and contribute good ideas. So in that role, uh, I see the chairperson being a facilitator and that training will be uh, enormously helpful to facilitate the, the creation of this structure. So I will be very willing to take the training if the uh, opportunity presents. And I will be seeking for it too. Thank you. Mr. Uh, I would absolutely uh, take any, any training that's made available. Um, my, my goal uh, when I show up as a commissioner and uh, also as a vice chair um, or in any other position related to this commission uh, is, to have me is to be part of meetings that are thoughtful um, but also um, efficient, that maintain decorum at all times, uh, that respect the rules, Roberts, um, the rules that we've adopted for ourselves, as well as uh, the statutory construction um, of the commission itself. So, yes. Thank you. Commissioner LaFosso? Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Yee, followed by Commissioner Kaufman. Thank you. And this question goes to both candidates. Uh, uh, you've both been a member of this commission for a number of years and so knowing that this nomination is for vice chair but let me expand the question what do you believe to be the most challenging aspect of being either vice well not either but most challenging aspect of being chair and vice chair Commissioner Lushin first followed by Commissioner Wong Connolly okay I think I would say that the most challenging, um, the greatest challenge to being uh, the chair is probably more than anything um, trying to anticipate the unknown um, and trying to adequately prepare for that in order to, um, you know, accomplish the goals that I think a chair should hope to accomplish. Maintaining decorum, facilitating the flow of information. Um, trying to best coordinate and structure um, the flow of information so that, you know, in an ideal uh, scenario, questions are answered before they're asked. Um, I think that's generally what, what chairs strive to do or what chairs should try, strive to do, um, not necessarily to dictate outcomes or anything, but to facilitate um, a process that is informative, um, engaging, respectful, adherence to decorum, and the like. Thank you, Commissioner Lucian. Commissioner Wong Connolly. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Yi, for this question. I'm sorry, Mr. I, Chair. Uh, I should I have answered the Vice Chair question at the same time, or are we splitting them? Commissioner I, I would think, that for the sake of efficiency, to go ahead and answer. Uh, that question as related to both chair and vice chair at the same time. Okay. Um, uh, Commissioner, to uh, get to your second question relating to the role of the vice chair, I, I see the role of, of the vice chair, I think as I alluded to earlier, um, to be ready at all times, studious, um, but also to, to, to be a thought partner, a wingman slash wingwoman um, to the chair to ensure that um, while the chair is 
um, to the greatest extent possible, trying to survey the environment here, both the information um, and sort of the the intangibles, the behaviors, um, things going on in this uh, or during while this body's deliberating, um, to sort of be a thought partner and, and be able to play the role of assisting a chair. Um, think through anything that the chair might be open to thinking through, whether that um, is the rules, whether that's, you know, sometimes maybe missing something every now and then or jumping ahead too quickly at times, uh, to be a, a, another set of uh, hopefully trusted eyes and ears to help navigate that um, where appropriate. Thank you, Commissioner Lucian. Commissioner Wong Connolly, same question. Um, I would answer the vice chair and the chair at the same time. Um, I believe that a, a very important role for chair and the vice chair is, of course, to facilitate the meeting, make meeting more uh, efficient. But what, one challenge that uh, uh, I see is I believe that um, a well-educated, well-informed commission is the most effective commission. And I think sometimes that uh, the project get approved, but we do not really see the feedback of uh, the project being built and how does it serve the community. So I think we want to create uh, that um, a structure that we can we can see the end results, which condition works, which does doesn't. This is one example, and also that. Uh, I did not come up with this idea. I steal from Commissioner Kaufman. I think the workshop will be a great idea for the urban planning some city has done and did a great job, and we can bring them over to educate us. And this will be a platform for all my colleagues to contribute to the ideas and to talk about issues, to air out issues, like uh, uh, Alan always say. And then um, other than that, I think uh, right now we are at a, a trying times that uh, the planning director position is open. So the chair and the vice chair has to step in the role to coordinate with, uh, with the staff and fill in the role, try to uh, make sure that uh, during this time, the project we approve is the quality project will serve the community and then the, uh, both commission's time and the staff time is used efficiently. Mm. Yeah, and also that for there are more complicated projects, I, uh, I see the challenge. I feel like uh, sometimes um, the, the project brought it to the commission that uh, after has been working with the staff for month after month, um, it's a, the project is quite a set. It's very difficult to provide um, a constructive uh, improvement while not uh, changing, while not causing significant delay on their development part. And I would like to see that if we, there's a structure, we can provide more uh, comments and review uh, earlier on in the project. Well, as a commission, we can shape the project best for the community. Well, more importantly, that give uh, a platform for the people, uh, for, the, for the neighbors come to, for, for the general public come to comment on the project. So for more, for more complicated projects, I think, work with the planning department to shape out a, a map on the review comments and how to um, use, that, use our time efficiently mm, to, I don't know if uh, that answer, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your question, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Kaufman, did you have a question? Before we open for public comment, I, I do have one question for both candidates. Assuming that a chair position is not inevitable. 
following a year of services vice chair. Would the lack of that guarantee impact your determination to run this year as a vice chair? Uh, Commissioner Wong Connolly, if you could answer that question first, followed by Commissioner Lucian. No, it would not. I run as vice chair to, to serve. So uh, I, I understand that there's no guarantees. It's more like a job performance uh, before uh, I advance either further, and that's uh, for the membership to decide, and I think that's a fair. And uh, I understand there's never a guarantee. Mr. Lucian? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, don't consider it to be uh, inevitable. It's all, it's all based on, I believe, um, performance. And so, um, as such, I, I don't make that assumption. And therefore, um, if, well, given that I do not believe it's inevitable, I'm, I'm still uh, fully committed and interested in the position. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any further questions? Seeing none. Now will be the opportunity for public comments or questions. Despite all the hands raised, no one has put a slip forward. So now we are at an opportunity for commissioner comments and or motions for either candidate Commissioner LaFosso. Appreciate the way staff's told you we got to do this. Uh, I move we elect Commissioner Juan Connolly as vice chair. We have a motion to elect Commissioner Juan Connolly. Do we have a second? The second from Commissioner Ogilvie. Commissioner Coville. I thought we did that. Again? I thought we did that, though. So what we were doing in the first stage was just putting names forward to ensure we understood who had interest. Now we have a formal motion. So I'll make a... Second motion for. Lucian. So we have a substitute motion, substitute motion for Commissioner Lucian. Do we have a second? second? We have a second from Commissioner Lucian. Any comments? I'll make a comment before we vote. Um, I first want to state that. Uh, the strength of this body is, is the diversity of perspectives and experiences that we bring to the table and our ability to make difficult decisions um, on what's best, what's in the best interest for, for the city. Uh, I just want to commend Commissioner Lucian and Commissioner Juan Connolly for putting your names forward and for as an individual who sat in that chair. Um, it, it is not easy and particularly as mentioned by both of you being ready for when the commissioner is not there, except for when Commissioner LaFosso is there because he never misses a meeting. Uh, it's, it's important, it's an important role. And while I think we're all confident in Commissioner Burke doing a great job, um, that vice chair role is extremely important. So I just want to commend you both for putting your names forward um, and just want to state that no matter what decisions are made, I believe that all of, our, all of your colleagues here have a tremendous amount of respect for what you have done and will continue to do moving forward. Any other comments? So right now we have a substitute motion uh, for Commissioner Lucian as vice chair, a Commissioner LaFosso. Mr. Heron, the mover of the main motion can't make a substitute motion, right? 
<laughs> I think you would uh, withdraw your motion if you wanted to do something different. Okay. Too much parliamentary gamesmanship. Thank you. No need for apology. And just for clarification before we vote, uh, Mr. Heron, do we need a simple majority uh, to move forward, so seven votes? No, I believe this falls under the general rule that requires seven affirmative votes to pass any motion to conduct business. There are a couple of minor exceptions in the rules procedure, but this is not one of them. Thank you. So we have a motion, substitute motion on the table, Commissioner Lucian. As vice chair, a yes vote would be affirmative for Commissioner Lucian, and no vote would be non-affirmative. I believe we are ready to vote. Excuse me. Commissioner Lindsay? Can you please clarify how we're voting again? So right now there is a vote for Commissioner Lucian for vice chair. If you would like to vote for Commissioner Lucian as vice chair, please say yes. If you'd like to vote no, please say no. Okay. If that vote passes, Commissioner Lucian is vice chair. If it does not pass, we move on to the okay. initial motion. Thank you. I apologize for not making that clear beforehand. I believe we're ready. Commissioner LaFasso? With respect, no. Commissioner Coville? Yes. Lucian? Aye. Hoffman? Yes. Lindsay? I, I say the same with respect, but no. Farrell? With respect, no. Buckybaum? Aye. Juan Connolly? Uh, with respect, no. E? Aye. Ogilvy? Respectfully, no. Vice Chair Burke? Aye. Chair Bodipo member? We need a moment. I'll have to make a comment. I'll be making this more difficult than it needs to be. I truly believe that both candidates uh, bring the adequate trades. Both have made a commitment to uh, to take the steps that Commissioner Fossum stated. I believe that we will hold them accountable to the same level you held me accountable. With that statement, I, I will I'll support Commissioner Lucian. 
Motion passes. Congratulations. Mr. Chair. Commissioner Wong Connolly, I want to personally thank you and for your continued service. And I would like to encourage you to continue. Um, I believe that the statements you made uh, resonate very deeply. And I want to make a personal pledge uh, should you choose to put your name forward, and I stay here on the record, that I will fully endorse and support you uh, in any endeavor you move forward with. Right. I think officially, uh, Commissioner, <laughs> excuse me, Chair Burke, the chair is, is literally yours. Thank you, Chairman Emeritus Odipa member. Thank you for your leadership this past year. And our former Chairman Emeritus, uh, Commissioner LaFaso, uh, thank you guys for, for your commitment to public service. Uh, thank you for being ambassadors to the community. Um, I, I'm honored to serve in this role. Um, I'm inspired by public service by my parents and my urban planning professors. Um, and I look forward to working with you all and hopefully make Sacramento a great place to live, work, and play. With that, I'd like to adjourn the meeting. Actually, you have a couple other items. Oh, sorry. In <laughs> uh, my haste to be efficient, I, <laughs> um, are there any more public comments, matters on the agenda? Um, any other commission member comments, ideas? Um, Commissioner Kaufman? Thank you, Chairman Burke. I want to go back to the issue that, that uh, Commissioner LaFossa raised about training for uh, vice chair. I actually think uh, that a meeting management training facilitation might be useful for every single person on this commission, um, whether you're managing or being managed, mm -hmm. because we'd certainly like to be cooperative in, in making meetings as efficient as possible. Thank you. I concur, and I, and I will definitely take the training and um, work with staff, see if maybe we could develop a training um, module. Commissioner Yee. Thank you. And I want to echo a statement that was made earlier in thanking both the former chair, the immediate past chair, and the new chair. Uh, having been in that, those two positions before, it is very, very difficult. And it does take, while well, as commissioners, we feel that we invest a lot of time and passion and energy into it, uh, our roles, and we all take it seriously. I think the chair and vice chair have an additional burden uh, to keep us all in line, if nothing else. And um, I want to commend and thank you for your leadership in the past year. Um, I want to say I was surprised how great a job you did, but I don't think so. <laughs> so uh, I don't think it was a surprise. Uh, <laughs> And, and to uh, the new vice chair and the, let's say the vice chair candidates, uh, I look forward to continuing on this commission with both of you. I think that uh, it was a difficult choice because we had two highly qualified individuals who share our commitment and energy uh, to this commission. Uh, and I think that's what made it difficult. But it also 
shows the strength of the two that were being considered. And I think uh, we should all have these difficult choices, that it is difficult for uh, qualified people to step forward and, you know, put it out there. And it's not easy. Uh, so I want to thank you for running and, and wish you well uh, as vice chair and hopefully as vice chair. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Lucian. I know you'll figure it out, Mr. Chair. I know you'll figure it out. That's all right. Um, I, I think I want to thank uh, I want to thank everyone on the commission, um, every last um, voting member here, um, for um, the debate, the questions, um, the challenge. Um, I I want to thank Commissioner Wong Connolly. Um, and I really want to thank Commissioner Lindsay too. Um, I want to thank, I'll start with Commissioner Lindsay. I want to thank Commissioner Lindsay um, for conviction and um, your willingness to um, advance what you believe in. And I think I told you that earlier, but I, I, I just want to re-echo that, that, that that was not lost on me. It, it, I consider it to be very important. Um, Commissioner Wong Connolly as well. Um, there, as we had discussed when we spoke, um, there's no question in my mind that you are um, a very competent, capable um, uh, commissioner uh, who's very attentive and, and dedicated. And I'm saying things that everybody already naturally knows and understands, have a great deal of respect for you. Um, and. I too, although I'm, I don't know that I'm entirely in a decision-making capacity um, formally to do something uh, in relation to the, the number of women who are appointed to um, boards and commissions in the city, um, but I, I share your concern certainly, um, and um, I'm, I'm confident that um, irrespective of the vote, I'm, I'm confident that everyone here shares that that concern, and um, we might uh, have to do a little bit of talking um, on some ways that we collaborate, perhaps unrelated to commission business, um, to advance a ca that cause. I know you believe in it strongly, and I'm, I just want to let you know I'm with you on that. I concur. Um, Chairman of Murtis Fossil. Vice Chair Lucian. Congratulations. Um, I wanted to address uh, a little bit. I don't want to get too much of a back and forth, Commissioner Kaufman. I do want to um, say I, I think it goes without saying that for each and every one of us, as I think Commissioner E said, you know, both candidates were qualified. And at the end of the day, um, each of us has a perspective on what we saw as the best interest of the commission, and it's not personal. And I think that's important. Um, as Commissioner Yi said, chair and vice chair is a training job for chair. It's a, it is a really tough job. And by the way, we really need to acknowledge that Commissioner Yi is a former chair. <laughs> He's been slipping under the radar all this time. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Chair Emeritus Yi, um, I just, I agree with Commissioner Kaufman that we, we all, um, 
And I actually watched a parliamentary training of a, another 13-member body I serve on, and uh, I've been given this, this training idea. But I think that given the importance of the role of the chair and the vice chair, I think that we should emphasize something particular for those roles because we don't have to take up public meeting time. We don't have to do it with the TV on. You know, we can find a program where they can travel to that and get all of the support they need. And I, I think that's a priority. And uh, I don't mean to single out the chair and the vice chair, but the chair and the vice chair are special, so I should single them out. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Chairman Emeritus, I'll leave a member. Thank you, Chair Burke. I will be brief. I just want to say thank you again to this amazing body for giving me the opportunity. Uh, and I want to thank staff and there's many staff folks who are not here, um, but you guys have been a tremendous help um, picking up the phone at late hours, early hours, um, being able to answer our questions. And while I know oftentimes we, we pick and we nudge, we, your work does not go unappreciated. And I'm amazed at some of the amazing projects that you brought forward to us, some of which that are breaking ground and, and raising new heights in downtown and in other parts of the region. Uh, so I really appreciate serving on your behalf and look forward to continuing to being partners. And again, for Commissioner, uh, excuse me, Vice Chair Lucian, for Commissioner Juan Connolly, uh, please use us as a resource. You can definitely learn what not to do by watching me. So that's real easy, um, but definitely want to continue to be a resource. Um, and I want to thank specifically Commissioner Yee, uh, Commissioner LaFosso, um, you have both been tremendous mentors in terms of providing advice. Uh, I didn't mess up too bad, I hope, um, but I really do appreciate the time you've spent and the gentle nudges and appreciation. And Commissioner Kaufman, uh, your, well, your advice goes without standing in terms of helping guide and provide some, some real sage advice and some key points. So I really appreciate it. Uh, I probably forgot names because I'm slightly nervous and slightly hungry but I really appreciate the time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman Emeritus, and th thank you for your service. You know, 2017 is the 100-year anniversary of zoning. Zoning really was created and acted to divide communities, and I think the work we're doing today is helping make communities better and, and bringing people together. So I look forward to working with each and every one of you. I think the, the hard work, the staff, the folks who come um, from the community to, to the meetings, the folks who can't be here, um, I think we can make Sacramento just that great city on the hill. So uh, with that, I would like to adjourn the meeting. We're sitting in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the mic off.